0: contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome back to another edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. It's a year end edition. It's a new year's edition. Looking back on 2016, the top 10 business of sports stories for 2016 in no specific order. Let's start. Number one, let's look at LA having the NFL again. It was a 20-year hiatus, three teams in play, the Rams, the Raiders, and Chargers. The Rams went out. In a meeting that I covered for ESPN, I saw that room move, the vote, the owner's vote. Initially, there was sentimentality towards Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers' longtime league loyalist. But money rules, follow the money as usual. Jerry Jones moved that room towards Stan Kroenke. I saw it happen Cronky building this entertainment complex. They're going to call it NFL West in Inglewood, California. It's going to host Pro Bowls and Super Bowls and combines and drafts and also Final Fours and international soccer matches. That's what the NFL went for. It's back in L.A. The Rams are in L.A. We'll see what happens with the Chargers, who may move there in a matter of weeks. They have till January fifteenth an option, and we'll see where it goes with that. The Raiders get the option after that. More on the Raiders to come. The next number two top ten business of sports stories for 2016. Let's talk about CBAs. We have a couple new ones. The MLB, Major League Baseball, has a new CBA. Here's one between the owners and the players. This was an interesting negotiation. New uh, head of the union, Tony Clark, negotiating with Rob Ranford. He's the new commissioner, but he's done many of these CBAs before. Feeling among baseball agents was Tony Clark was a little bit afraid to pull the trigger. They finally got it done at, yes, a deadline. Major League Baseball with a new CBA. I always wonder, what if the Major League Baseball owners asked? for the only They're the only league that doesn't have it. What if they asked for a salary cap? They'd probably be laughed out of the room without any interest in a salary cap. Things move pretty smoothly. Major League Baseball with a new CBA as the NBA has a new CBA. With Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts, the head of the union, negotiating for the first time, seem to have a lot of uh, common interest in getting it done. A new CBA for the NBA, it will have longer-term contracts than before for older players. Interesting that Chris Paul and LeBron James, two the leaders for the NBA PA, our older players could benefit from that. Contracts that could go up to $200 million with new spikes in revenues. Greater share of basketball-related income, not necessarily greater number percentage-wise, but more included in that BRI, that will help. And the NBA PA, an admirable move, more money for retired players, something other unions could look to. So new CBAs in both the NBA and Major League Baseball. We'll see what happens with the NFL down the road. Number three, business of sports story for 2016 Got to talk about Colin Kaepernick, social justice. After sitting out, a couple games where he did sit for the anthem in the preseason, no one noticed. But they certainly noticed that third game where he was where he did sit. It later changed to kneeling. He started a movement. The NFL said they they certainly don't require all they do encourage standing, but it led to protests throughout the NFL. College football got involved. The NBA, of course all sports, Megan Rapinoe for the U.S. soccer team. It led to high schools, uh, referees, cheerleaders, bands in sort of a movement. Now, people could say, what does that mean? Well, it means that there's conversation. It means there's dialogue. It means that Colin Kaepernick, unlike a lot of people, took a stand. I admire him. We talk about athletes being so robotic, so cliche, so scripted in what they say. Well, Colin Kaepernick had a voice. And what I did was I saw during the bye week he had a camp for at-risk youth. I thought he was putting his actions where his words were. Colin Kaepernick, in some people's mind, led to the decline of ratings in the first half of the season for the NFL. I say to that, if that is true, well, then we've got more to uh, power to Colin Kaepernick than we do to even Roger Goodell. I think that was a myth, which leads to the fourth. Story of the top 10 business of sports stories for 2016, the decline of NFL ratings or not. Well, the first half of the season, we saw it. Weekly drumbeat, there was a decline every week in what the ratings were or weren't. In comparison, 2015, which is actually a record year. And a lot of people are coming up with theories. My theory all along was this was almost entirely, if not entirely, election-related, the most polarizing election in history. And Donald Trump is ratings gold. He is that accident on the side of the road. You can't turn away. He was taking viewers away from all programming, not just sports programming. And, of course, two debates, presidential debates, which get great ratings out, uh, were head-to-head with NFL games. That led to a lot of it. And, of course, as we saw the second half of the season, which is the sample size to look at post-election We did not see this problem. We saw ratings equal or even better 2015. So move along here. Nothing to see with NFL ratings on a decline, which some people, the hyperbole was even going to the decline of football, which we know is folly now. So NFL ratings, decline or not, probably or not. Another business of sports story from 2015. Another Number five, business of sports story from 2015, gambling (laughs) in all forms. So here we are. One thing, one part of it, NHL relocates a team to Las Vegas. They're crossing the Rubicon. This constant feeling that gambling strikes at the heart of integrity of the game that all commissioners talk about. Well, here we go. The NHL, the first team, first league to dip their toe in the water, and they have done that with... The Las Vegas Golden Knights starting play in 2017. The NHL has crossed that line. A team in Las Vegas. Will that happen in the NFL? Well, we have the Raiders. The Raiders move swiftly. When they didn't get a deal done in Oakland, when they didn't get the trip to L.A., they went and publicly flirted with San Antonio. And ultimately, Las Vegas passing a $750 million publicly funded stadium in record time, through the legislature of Las Vegas and Nevada, and here you go, you have a team, you have a interested, you have a, a city that wants them badly. Will it happen? That's the big question. I think for the second year in a row, the Raiders will apply for relocation. We'll see what happens. I don't think gambling is even the big issue. I think owners going to have an issue with a low uh, market in NFL terms, low rated in terms of market size. And one primarily fueled by tourism is their sustainability to a fan base. That's what's going to be asked when owners consider Las Vegas more than even the gambling aspect. The third part of the gambling issue is Daily Fantasy so prevalent in 2015, barely a whimper on NFL and other advertising in 2016, but a big news there is the merger. The two primary share companies, DraftKings and FanDuel, have merged. They're going to be one company, subject to antitrust scrutiny, and we'll see what happens. Again, Major League Baseball invested in DraftKings. NBA invested in FanDuel. The NFL has taken the view that they're not investors. They don't have equity interests, but two of their owners do. Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, early investors in DraftKings. So the, the gambling aspect, NHL in Vegas, NFL maybe in Vegas, The merger of the two primary companies in Daily Fantasy. Gambling a big issue in the business of sports 2016. Before we get to the other five top ten issues in the business of sports for 2016, a word from Capital One. They know you've got questions about your credit. You may be asking, who's in charge of my credit score? How does it actually work? That's why Capital One created their CreditWise app. You can check your credit score anytime. It's free right in the app. Capital One consumer or not, millions of CreditWise users have improved their score by 20 points or more. So, download the app for free today. CreditWise availability will vary depending on your ability to obtain credit history from TransUnion. CreditWise is offered by Capital One Bank. CreditWise at CapitalOne.com. Back to the top 10 business sports stories of the year for 2016. Let's talk about number six, NFL contracts, three that really caught my attention. One, a rookie, Joey Boza. We thought that the new CBA prevented any holdout situation, prevented anyone from not doing a contract. They prefabricated the money in the contract, and they did. What they didn't preordain was how the bonus, the big number in the contract is going to be paid, and these offset language, whether you know the team gets relief from a guaranteed contract if the players cut and sign someone else. That's what they argued about for not days, not weeks, but months with Joey Bosa. It lasted late into training camp. Even a public shaming by the Chargers for Bosa not coming there. Ultimately, of course, they did work it out when the Chargers moved some, but not all, some of the money into earlier in 2017. Bosa does sign, as they all do, but I think he'll go down as the longest holdout situation in the history of the new CBA. I don't see anyone outlasting that. Second contract situation caught my attention this year was Josh Norman. There's got to be a backstory there where the Carolina Panthers let their Pro Bowl cornerback walk out the door. They had the franchise tag, and they rescinded it. Why? Well, David Gettleman, the GM, said basically, yeah, you know, we're saving our money for D-line. Contract demands were too much. Well, when contract demands are too much, that's why you use the franchise tag. Exactly. So you have him a year under rights, and don't tell me he was going to miss games. He was not. No one ever does that. They, they talk about it, but they never do that. So Josh Norman is set free to negotiate with 32 teams, not with one team, gets a huge contract from Washington. And again, the Carolina Panthers let a Pro Bowl cornerback walk out the door for no compensation still scratching my head over that one. And the third contract situation one that had maybe the greatest expectations of any contract in recent history, Andrew Luck finally did a deal. It's a huge deal. But it suffers from the great expectations because people like me wondered if we could get a full guaranteed contract like the NBA and NFL have. And of course he couldn't. <clears throat> but he got 87 million guaranteed with if everything hits that's the highest ever in football. He got 75 over the first 3 years. That's the highest ever in football. He didn't get the highest what's called guaranteed at signing and that would be uh Sue with 60 million, luck only only I should say 47 million at signing. So, a business of sports story from the NFL 3 contracts that really interested me, the most interesting contracts of the year. Speaking of contracts, number seven, business of sports story from 2016, NBA free agency. We shake our heads every July with what happens. Now, let me say this. When we see someone like a Michael Conley get $155 million, when we see Evan Turner get $80 million, when we see players we hardly have heard of get $70, million, $80 million, Timothy Moskov $64 million. Uh, Well, here's the difference. It happens in the NFL, too. Remember, every March, <clears throat> we see these eye-popping contracts. Janoris Jenkins, Malik Jackson this year, Olivier Vernon, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. Here's the difference. In the NBA, 80 million means 80 million. In the NFL, 80 million, well, we'll pay about 30 million, and we'll see what happens. Because nothing's fully guaranteed. It's only the guarantee. And the guarantee is usually in the first couple of years where the risk of the team is very low. So again, free agent contracts, a big story, and the contract envy of NFL players on NBA contracts, when we see those numbers go into the $100 million, we realize not only is that number there, but it's real. In the NFL, it's not real. So the folly of NFL free agent contracts versus the truisms of NBA and Major League Baseball free agent contracts, the money is real there. That's the number seven business of sports story for 2016. The number eight business of sports story for 2016. I'm going to bring it back to the stay with the NBA here, because I saw something that I think is a trend. Jersey sponsorships. The NBA has allowed it for the first time. Jersey sponsorships are now part of the game starting 2017. This is, again, crossing into areas that have traditionally been taboo. Would the NFL ever do that? Well, they do do it for training camp. You're allowed to have a patch on training camp jerseys. To me, it's just a matter of time. And I know that's heresy to so many. How could that happen? Could it really happen? Yes, it could. The NBA is the first to embrace jersey sponsorships, like everywhere in Europe, like soccer, where they have the massive spending on jersey sponsorship. Companies have been doing that in Europe for a while. Now we have it in the NBA. First team to do it, the 76ers, a deal with StubHub. It'll be the size of the Nike patch on the other side of the jersey. They're in it now. So that is now a thing, and the business of sports will never be the same because once you go, you're never coming back. We're going to have jersey sponsorships, and the Sixers got $5 million from StubHub. You can imagine what other teams are going to get a lot, a lot more than that. Think about what a Cleveland can get, what a Golden State can get what a San Antonio could get, what an L.A. both teams can get if the Sixers' downtrodden franchise, even though it's a decent market, could only get $5 million, or could get $5 million. That's the eighth business of sports story from 2016. The ninth, concussion. I just think this is something we have to address every year. Two things related to the NFL on concussions that really caught my attention this year. Number one... The concussion settlement is finally settled. Uh, It went to various courts, went to an appeals court this year, the settlement between all these retired players in the NFL, and it went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, which denied the chance to take it. Settlement stands. It is a $765 million settlement, but it's uncapped. Let's say it goes to a billion dollars. Well, the NFL continues to make a good deal here because, again, over 60 years, that's what we're talking about, a billion dollars. A lot of it's going to be covered by insurance anyway. Why did the plaintiff settle? Well, again, part of it is need of those in most need. Unfortunately, one of the named plaintiffs, Kevin Turner, has passed away. But, again, when you talk about causation, when people are going to be asked, why do you have dementia because you know did you do you lose your keys because of football are just getting older did you have what was your lifestyle like did you fall on the ice did you have a bike accident it's finally settled and here's the other part of it it does include ALS it does include Parkinson's it does include Alzheimer's in terms of payout but it does not include CTE CTE chronic traumatic encephalopathy does not have coverage in this settlement which leads to my other issue with what happened in 2016. It is the gotcha moment with Jeff Miller, the head of NFL player health and safety at a fact-finding mission on Congress when they pressed him. Does there have a link between CT and playing football? And he answered yes. Again, a gotcha moment. He said, well, we have to go further than that. We have to figure out why. But again, that was ignored by the media. He said yes. He was sitting next to Ann McKee, has examined 90-something brains, most of them having CTE. Again, it's a selective sample players that are having difficulties later in life that donate their brains. But that was an aha moment for the NFL admitting some kind of link. Now, it was walked back between people like Jim Irsay and Jerry Jones, but it is something the NFL continues to deal with, especially with this settlement having no coverage. Again, zero coverage, but by death, by CTE, unless, of course, you died before the settlement, April 22, 2015. Our final business of sports story for 2016 happened at the end of 2016. It's more a college football story, but will become a pro football story. It will become a football story in general about everything we're talking about. Two of the biggest stars in college football, Leonard Fournette, LSU, Christian McCaffrey, Stanford, Deciding to forego their bowl games to prepare for the NFL draft. Deciding they're not worth the risk of injury to do that. These are seminal moments for, the, for college football. Again, these are student athletes deciding that being with their teams for their final game is not as important as prepping for the draft. Well, it gets a lot of condemnation from people, but again, it is a business, and that's what we're struggling with. I'm talking about this as a business of sports issue. The players are dealing with it as a business of sports issue. People that don't like it maybe don't like that the college football, as we know it, Power Five, is a business of sports issue. That's where we are when we have college football players declining to play in their bowl games to prepare for the business of football. And Listen, I'm a Stanford alum. I'm a, he's, he's the most exciting player. But I get it, especially for running backs who have the shortest shelf life. As a former management guy, I know with running backs, you know, they don't last. People are hesitant to do third contracts, even second contracts. And what will we be saying about these running backs in four or five years? What will we be saying about Ezekiel Elliott when it's up for his contract? Well, a lot of wear on the tires, a lot of tread on the tires, a lot of workhorse and it works against them. So, I can understand it. Will it be a trend? We will see. I think for running backs, it absolutely will be a trend for top running backs. For other positions, we will see. But again, like jersey sponsorships, like gambling, we are slowly chipping away at the innocence of sports, even professional sports, where this becomes business, and it is all business. That brings us to the end of the top 10 business of sports stories for 2016. I really have enjoyed bringing these to you. Thank you for listening. There's going to be a lot more great stuff coming. Guests ahead include Leonard Fournette's agent coming up, talking about this decision, NBA Players Association head Michelle Roberts and others to come. Have a great New Year's Eve and New Year. We'll talk to you on the other side of it. This is Andrew Brandt with the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft podcasts, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.